Welcome in Garage Talk with Jason Allen. This is going to be a little bit different episode. Three guests here. We're going to start off with an elementary school teacher. We're going to move on to a high school teacher, end up with an elementary school principal. And I hope you enjoy this. I just wanted to have a chance to chat with some of our teachers and administrators and see how they're doing right now. Welcome in Troy Kelly to the Garage Talk with Jason Allen podcast. He's a third grade teacher at May Richardson Elementary. Uh, we have some history, worked together quite a while ago at the radio station over at Bicoastal Media when you were on KISS FM and KZZE, and you were there when I started working over there, and we had a chance to spend a good quality couple of years together. Yeah, it was uh, quite a while, man. Like, so you came over to Bicoastal from Grants Pass Media, what year was that? 2008. I think it was like July of 2008. And, yes, uh, solid like two or three years before I moved in different directions. Uh, yeah, and so you ended up uh, moving on from there, and, and you decided to go back to school and get into teaching and teaching third grade now. And kind of what was that journey yeah. like for you? It was interesting because after after the radio biz, I kind of got into uh, freight broker trucking for a couple of years, and it just wasn't my bag, man. It was just trying to find loads for trucks, and this is all when gas prices were getting stupid ridiculous. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't as lucrative as I thought it was going to be Did it for a couple of years, stuck it out. And then, uh, I just realized that I just wasn't doing what I needed to be doing. And I knew I was supposed to be a teacher. I just didn't know when that timing was going to happen. Um, so between my kids and, and, uh, Jen's kids, my wife, uh, we had all of our kids over at, uh, in the central point school district anyways. So it's like, you know, it just happened to literally meet the right person at the right time. There was an opening at the uh, Jewett elementary in central point. And, uh, I became a classroom aide there and did that for about four and a half years while I was getting myself put through, uh, you know, doing all my college coursework. So you kind of lucked out then with having the kids in the central point school district and then being able to land a job there. Cause I know sometimes that's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's similar to radio. I mean, you got to know someone in order to get into the biz and then once you're in, you're good. But, um, I was pretty fortunate, you know, Tom Rambo, the, at the time he was the principal at Jewett elementary and, uh, we struck up a pretty good uh, rapport and he said, yeah, definitely. We'll have you come on. And I was a classroom made for, you know, a myriad of the classrooms there, <clears throat> but my primary job was kind of a, the recess kind of helper out on the playground and, you know, leading their PE, their intramurals and all that fun stuff. Uh, so that was kind of one of those things where, um, my watch is going off. I'm going to shut that up. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, you know, it just kind of worked out. And then, you know, as I started kind of working at, at Jewett, I was like, I, I gotta get back and get back, you know, into the classroom and get into, you know, getting my, my schooling done. Cause this is what I need to be doing. So from there you decided to go back to school and how was that process for you? Was it pretty easy or was it challenging? You know, it's kind of one of those things where, um, you look back at it and you wish you would have started earlier, but honestly, Jason, I mean, it's like, uh, I almost feel like everything happens for a reason. You hear that all the time, you know, one door shuts, another one opens type of thing. But, you know, I honestly feel like I needed to have life experiences before I got into teaching. So when I did get into teaching and get into, you know, going, putting myself through college and, and, uh, graduating from SOU, you know, in the summer of 19, you know, it was just, I had more tools in my, you know, proverbial tool belt, you know, to make sure that I was serving my students the best that I possibly could. 
But, you know, getting through college, I did the online courses because obviously I still had to work. So I did online courses through Klamath Community College, and uh, that was awesome. You know, I made the dean's list, got all sorts of, in the first time in my life I ever had straight A's by, <laughs> by any means. But uh, it, was, it was an experience. There was definitely some hardships and trials and a lot of uh, alcoholic beverages consumed and cursing sometimes through some of the coursework. But, you know, it's, it's, it's college. Well, and you're like me. You have a house full of kids. So it's not like no. you're single or just a newlywed. There's a lot of kids. You have, uh, you know, kids with – you had kids before and your wife had kids before. So you kind of have the Brady Bunch thing going on and – uh, literally yeah absolutely which is awesome and it's cool to see you know what you guys have been able to do since you know coming together and, and bringing those two families together and then yeah, to be able to, to pull off something like that because you know that the radio industry can be um, an interesting industry you know it can be very yeah. awesome and it also has its downfalls and and you like myself got, had to experience some of those and uh, it's never fun yeah. but you know, some of those experiences, you, you can take those and, and apply them elsewhere. And, you know, where I'm going with that is even, was it last night that I saw you doing the virtual DJ part yeah. of the garage, which is awesome. Yeah. That's even a thing that you can do. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, we got a few mutual friends too, Travis Hinman, AKA Opie. Uh, he does a lot of his garage party garage and, you know, he's been doing that for, you know, a couple of weeks since we've all kind of been shut in with this whole, you know, virus thing floating around. But, uh, you know, it, it just kind of was one of those things. And it's just like, I see an opportunity for my, my own district and I've got the talent and the skills and the equipment. So let's make this happen. And I was actually, it was actually last Wednesday, uh, when I decided, you know, this is the first day of the virtual learning for my own uh, class, and uh, I just wanted to kind of just de- decompress myself, and I just decided to jump on Facebook Live for no strange reason other than I just want to get my thoughts out. You know, it's like talking to my wife is one thing, but you know, I just wanted to see what everybody else was doing. Some some of my other teacher friends who had struggles that same day, and uh, it just turns out that the media person for District Six was, you know, happened to be had a bug in her ear and they had an idea for a dance party but didn't know who or how to do it and they she texted me and made it happen so yeah it looked like it was a lot of fun and what has kind of this whole situation been like for you as a newer teacher and you know you get settled in is this your first or second how many years have you been at may richardson uh, technically, I've been there too. So I did my student teaching there last year. Um, so the way that the SOU program works is you'll get to put into a primary grade, so kinder, first or second, and then you'll flip flop into an older grade. So you kind of get a little best, best of both worlds with the student teaching aspect of it. And I was fortunate to be in a kinder class and then a fifth grade class. So I got the best of both worlds. You know, when they come in, not trying to learn how to tie their shoes, and then when they leave, still not wanting to tie their shoes. So <laughs> right. it's like, yeah, you guys can go be, go be uh, you know preteens over at Scenic Middle School. But, uh, you know, this is my first technical, you know, first year with my own classroom. So, well, I think that's an interesting perspective because you're in your first year with it being your own class. You're getting used to your students. You're getting to know them. You're developing these connections and bonds with these students. And then all of a sudden the coronavirus happens. And now just this abrupt end of the school year that I know all of these teachers, all these students. I mean, I had kids crying here this week. You know, when they found oh, yeah. out that they weren't going to actually be going back to the physical school. And so for you, it's a little bit different perspective than most because it is your first year. 
Yeah, and it's 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 kind of a scary thing. I mean, it's like I I've heard you know plenty of horror stories with you know plenty of friends of mine who've gone through teaching programs in their first years where they were either complete disasters or they were the best thing ever, and they had all sorts of you know accolades coming from parents and you know you know different people, colleagues, and administration and stuff. But you know, my first year, it's like this is. I mean, I was pretty familiar with the school where I'm where I'm at now at May Richardson, but uh, you know this there's nothing that can ever set you up for any type of success when it comes to, you know, this kind of pandemic that just drops itself. So, so what did you think when they sent everyone home? Did you think you'd be back in a couple of weeks? I was, I was trying to be optimistic, even though I knew that, you know, based off of what, you know, the news I've heard from, you know, different uh, countries like China and, you know, how it started kind of trickling into the U S and, you know, I, my cousin is actually a high school teacher up in Washington, and uh, he they got locked down before we did. So they were pretty much out for at least until the end of April, and then all of a sudden, you know, Gov. K. Brown, she jumps on and says, yeah, we're going to stay closed until, you know, a couple of weeks. And then, of course, that changed to the end of April. And so it's there's really nothing that can prepare you for that. But, you know, my thinking is like, crap, how are we going to take care of our students? How am I going to take care of my 25 students that I'm responsible for with their education? Yeah. And it seems like from my perspective that just seeing how the teachers have reacted, most of them have reacted pretty well. I know some are very frustrated and obviously, you know, it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be upset about it, but it seems like for the most part, most of the teachers have responded very similar where they're just trying to figure out what they need to do to make it happen for their students to continue to educate them. Yeah. And the coolest thing is too, is that, you know, the central point school district, you know, we were pretty uh, proactive instead of reactive to what's going on. Um, I've got a couple of friends up in the Salem Kaiser school district and they're, Sorry about that. My kitchen window's open, but uh, they uh, they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to serve their students. I think they're just now getting on board with their online schooling for their kids. And I think it's supposed to roll out later this week or even next week. But you know, with Central Point Medford School District, Southern Oregon has been pretty proactive as far as making sure that their students are uh, first of all having online access and making sure that you know Chromebooks and technologies go out to the families that don't necessarily have that in their homes. Um, but the central point school district, man, we've been, I mean, my whole spring break was spent in front of my computer setting up my classroom website. Yeah. And I know that we've had the superintendent on the air with us a few times, or at least Ashley has, and I've been on remotely and been able to listen. And some of the things that they've done as far as actually taking the buses out, delivering, uh, the, the devices that the students need that don't have them different meal cards. It's just been tremendous to watch. And, you know, some of these things develop that you see happen where, like you said, some of these school districts are still trying to figure it out. And we're lucky that, that most of the school districts, at least all the ones that I've heard about around here have been very proactive and, and getting the technology in the hands of the students that need it and then getting the work going. So they don't miss a whole lot. Yeah, and I mean, shout out to my district, too. I mean, District 6 has been one of probably, I would say probably one of the more forefront of districts out there. Um, With the District 6 Express, I know Medford School District's doing their own thing. And, I mean, there is, you know, 
pros and cons to how each district handles it. But I mean, honestly, with the District 6 Express, it's literally our bus routes are open. We have uh, classroom aides that have been repurposed into helping deliver, you know, materials, lunches. I mean, our whole district, you, if you're a kid in the Central Point School District, anywhere from 1 to 18, you've got meals provided for you literally every single uh, part of the day. You've got breakfast available to you. You've got lunch available to you. you come weekend, um, Friday afternoon, you know, that during that lunchtime, they will, they usually have some kind of food available for you. So you have something to chew on over the weekend too. Yeah. It's been cool to watch in different industries, not just with the schools. I was watching some stuff last night on some of these hospitals around the country, how they're repurposing. Uh, there was one guy that was a shoulder specialist and now he's working in the ER and taking care of these COVID patients. And it's just cool to see how many different organizations, businesses have been able to adapt, shift directions, and people just set everything aside. You know, maybe they work their whole life to be that that shoulder specialist, and they know they have medical training. The guy even said, he's like, I haven't done this stuff in 25 years, but I know there's a need there, and we're going to do what it takes to get the job done. And and that's what I like about what's happening. It's like a bright spot. And, and what has happened is people willing to step up and really do what needs to be done to get the job done, no matter what that is. Yeah. Humanity is definitely coming back around full circle. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that it takes a pandemic or something like this to create that, that urgency to just be a normal human being. And, uh, you know, this is how you know that I'm a a teacher of elementary kids. It's like I keep going back to that movie Robots, Big Weld Industries, and I think uh, Ewan McGregor played one of the robots, and Robin Williams was the zany red robot. But uh, Mel Brooks played a, a character in that movie. His name was Big Weld. And his big thing was see a need, fill a need. So that goes right into what you were saying. You know, a shoulder doctor is now going to do ER intake for COVID patients. So, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. But humanity is, it's interesting. It really is just to see where we were. You know, I mean, think back three weeks ago. We were still getting pissed off at each other for, you know, playing music too loud or running too far down the street. But now, I mean, you look around Medford, Grants Pass, anywhere in this country, in the world. And it's like people are going, I see you. You need something, I got you. I mean, there's a fifth grader in Central Point School District that's making masks uh, for anybody who needs them. So, I mean, that's, it's just humanity. It feels like it's been restored. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen more people either jog or walk down my street and they're staying on their side, you know? And if, we, yep. if we're on the same side when I'm out there, they cross over and we, you wave. Yep. Everyone's waving now, um, yep. which is very cool. I haven't seen a lot of people, but when I'm out there, you know, people are waving, uh, people are smiling, and you're right. It's really cool to see. And I, as bad as this is, and I know it's really hard on a lot of people financially, it's hard on us financially. Um, yeah. And it's really going to be hard on most people. You know, there's there's some out there that aren't being impacted, but in some way we're going to be. Even if you work for one of those companies that hasn't been hit hard for whatever reason, there's still going to be other ways that we're impacted, whether it means someone staying at home to help out with the kids because they can't go to school now or whatever that is. But I really think there's a, a silver lining in this, and that's just what you spoke to about, you know, paying attention to the people around and really just being more aware of what's important. Exactly. And I got to give props to all the parents of all the students, you know, that especially, you know, in in my class specifically, I mean, they've been so supportive of how everything has gone down. But, you know, you see those memes on Facebook about the parents, you know, they, uh, 
<clears throat> we're th- three days into the the pandemic and we're you know homeschooling and you know two kids have already been suspended the teacher's been fired for drinking on the job and i think that's <laughs> hilarious but at the same time it's like it's reality too yeah because i mean the parents are now taking i mean us as teachers we are the facilitators of the information and the parents are now taking over the role of making sure the kids get the work done now when i come when it comes to my student and what i expect from my students you know <sighs> The Oregon Department of Education even said, you know, what do we do? How much requirement do we have for students during their homeschooling, you know, daily schedule? Uh, They're saying anywhere from kinder to third grade, two to three hours, fourth uh, through sixth, maybe pushing more closer to three hours, uh, middle school on up, you know, four to five hours of schoolwork a day. But with my students, I'm saying, look, it's too nice outside. It's it's springtime officially. I mean, it's going to be 80 degrees here today. So, I mean... Give me a couple hours of work. You, I, my, the videos that I take to explain lessons to my students take longer for them to watch the video than for them to do the work. doesn't mean the work's not state standard, but it just means that I want them to get out and do stuff. I mean, they shouldn't be stuck in front of a computer for four or five hours at a time. Well, and also without as many distractions, or at least you would hope not, because you're talking about 20 plus students, 25 plus students in your class, and and you know what it's like to have that many kids in your class and trying to keep them all on task. And if you only have a couple siblings at home, hopefully it's a little bit easier and, and you can hammer out the work, not like you're just trying to rip through it, but you know, you can be a little more efficient maybe because there isn't as many students you get through the work. And then also, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about the experiences that these kids are going to have that they wouldn't have had, had they just stuck to the normal routine. Now there's nothing wrong with the normal routine, but in my opinion, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being able to be at home and being able to experience some of these other things, cooking, cleaning, the housework's got, this is what mom does when you're at school all day, you know, grab a broom, you know, where normally they'd get off the hook, right? Like we got to go outside, we got to get some stuff done and this is what has to happen. So, some of those things that were kind of lost, I think it it may end up being the best of both worlds, or at least I hope it is. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, it's there's a lot of experiences. I mean, you think about it, most kids are going to be in the home with mom, parent, some sort of guardian up until they're about what four or five years old, six years old when they go off to kindergarten. So they see a lot of the game stuff, but when they're older. I mean, my kids, we give them responsibilities, we give them chores, and that may or may not be something they carry over into adulthood and, you know, onto their own lives where it's like, yeah, that was, that was helpful. Now I know how to do dishes and laundry and stuff, but it's like, you think about what's being offered in schools these days too. Home ec's not there anymore. Sewing, that doesn't get offered in schools very often. And thank um, I know it was here 30, 40 years ago, 20 years ago, because look at all these ladies whipping these masks out like crazy, right? I uh, know they're going crazy right now. So, but you know, the home ec classes, I think those are so important. And that's essentially what our kids are getting at school now. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting at home school now. Yeah. What's your favorite part? If you can pick something from this that you've taken out of it and then maybe your least favorite. Oh boy. Um, <clears throat> being able to enjoy a hot cup of coffee without it getting cold. That's definitely on um, my number one. Uh, this is cool. But the flip side of that is, like, I don't get to see my kids. I mean, there's been days where I'm, like, I end the rest of my day, and I'm, like, literally trying to hold myself together because the the kids that I'm used to seeing, and, the you know, they say that, you know, they don't care about how much you know until they know about how much you care. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that kind of 
it strikes home. And I mean, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about, you know, what's up with my kids? Are my kids safe? Are they being fed? Are they being taken care of? Um, you know, are, are they, are they happy? Are they sad? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I have video meetups with my kids, you know, every other day or so, and I can see, you know, that they're doing okay, but at the same time, I still only get to see maybe 19, 20 of my kids out of the 25 that I have in my class. So again, most favorite part, there is a flexibility of staying at home and teaching, but the least favorite part, I don't get to see my kids who I've come to literally grow relationships with. You know, the first day of school, I said, I don't know what your teacher told you before, but I'm going to tell you this right now. I love you. And they're like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't even know me. You're a weirdo. But, uh, you know, I make sure to end every single one of my video calls with my kids. I love you guys. Be safe. You know, be happy. Go out and do something. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting time, and it's uh, it just feels like it's a nonstop roller coaster. And I've said it, I feel like way too many times, you know, in a lot of different settings. But it's just, you know, one minute it's you find these these nuggets where you you think, man, it's cool. I wouldn't have had that happen if I wasn't at home. And yep. then something happens like where they canceled school or, or the kids going back to school, I should say, and and your fifth graders crying because there's no you know, the big field trip they've been looking to lo- looking forward to for five years and they don't get to do all the things that, that comes along with it. And then, you know, for those parents that have seniors, uh, We're one of them. exactly, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. What, what has that been like for you guys? You know, yesterday I was actually getting set up for the whole virtual DJ party in my garage yesterday when the whole news came down that Kay Brown, uh, had, uh, basically said no more school the rest of the year. And, my senior came out and I was like, Rachel, I'm sorry. You know, that's, that sucks. I mean, there's not, there's no other word for that, but it just sucks because I mean, Jen, my wife, Jen brought up a really good point that, you know, you think about it, the kids who are graduating this year were born during nine 11 or 2001 after nine 11 hit. So they were born during a major trauma uh, thing for our country. And now they're being pushed into adulthood with this pandemic that's literally robbing them of prom, literally robbing them of graduation, a commencement ceremony, being able to walk across the stage with diploma in hand and say, look what I did. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, the way that Kate Brown, you know, said it yesterday, as far as what she said for the seniors, if you were on track before you were, you left school, you're going to graduate, you're going to get passing grades and you're going to graduate. Um, but that's still, it's not, it doesn't take the place of, you know, the commencement ceremony where you get to toss your hat up in the air and try and find it afterwards and keep that tassel. It's, it doesn't, there's no memories that can come from that. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what the schools come up with because I know there's a lot of talk behind the scenes about trying to do oh, yeah. something at some point. Uh, I think it's important that they attempt to do that. I don't know what that looks like. And obviously it would be different, but I think it's important. And then, and then there's, I even saw uh, one of the, one of the guys that uh, I know, you know, probably Jess over at Sights and Sounds, and he was talking about, you know, he posted something about trying to make sure that that maybe this summer or when when we can actually get together again, that there's proms like that, and maybe it's not the school sanctioned prom, but there's going to be something so that there can be some kind of celebration because there's a lot of we. I mean, we have a lot of friends that have seniors. You know, I just talked to another one yeah. the other day, and it's just so hard for them you know, to, to figure out how to deal with it. And, and they're trying to just go start their life anyway, you know, adulthood. Yeah. So that's hard enough yeah. and intimidating enough as it is. Um, but we'll see, you know, I, I would hope that 
and I was telling a, a senior parent this. Um, actually, our OB doc. It was in the in the uh, mm-hmm. in the in the room there when we were having the baby. Uh, that uh, it was the day after, actually. And I said, you know, I just hope that these are the kids that that are different. You know, I hope, yeah. I hope they're special. I think they will be. I just have a, a feeling yeah, that, that they're going to be a special group of individuals that looks at things differently and hopefully in a better way. And I almost get emotional yeah. talking about it because it's just. You know, we've we've been one way for so long. And yeah, it's important to grind, it's important to provide, but it's almost like we're so worried about providing and having that we don't enjoy the the ride. And I really exactly. hope I hope they're the group that says, We're gonna work hard, we're gonna do what we need to do, but we're gonna we're gonna approach this a little bit differently. Yeah. And I think um, I saw something today because I have another friend of mine who works up in the Grants Pass uh, School District and they posted something from the Grants Pass webpage, which I think is fantastic. They're going to do this, I think, tomorrow at 820. So military time would be 2020 at the Grants Pass High School Stadium. They're going to crank the, the football lights on and leave them on for 20 minutes in honor of all the graduates. And they're encouraging everybody to uh, honk their horns if they're going to be driving by the Grants Pass Stadium basically just to show some kind of support for the seniors. And I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Well, anything I mean, they can do, I've seen people doing birthday parades. I've seen, oh, yeah. I mean, everything you can imagine. And it's just stuff that would have never happened. And just to come yeah. up with ideas, people are getting more creative. Um, yeah. And just whatever we can do, you know, and there's a lot of different people out there who have a lot of different skills and a lot of different resources and whatever it's going to take, like you said earlier to, to help someone out or give someone a pat on the back or a virtual hug. Cause damn it, we can't hug anyone right now, which sucks. Oh, I know. Trust me. I'm fine right now. Unless they're in our house, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I definitely think there's going to be positives and, uh, I think there's a lot of people looking for the positive cause it's hard. when you look at the other, side of this thing it's it's not good and then you end up in a dark place no and you know honestly jason i mean what it comes down to like you said i think this generation is going to not take as many things for granted um they're going to be able to I'm, I'm hoping this is the optimistic side of me is that they're going to be able to look around and go man things cannot be that bad if we can survive a pandemic that's literally killing you know thousands and thousands and thousands of people Look at the positives, though. I mean, we're still alive. We're still healthy. And I'm not trying to discount by any means those who are dealing with the COVID-19 or have maybe lost loved ones to that, you know, virus as of yet. I'm just trying to say it's like, look, there's bigger and better things out there. Be grateful for what is around us and be grateful for who you have around us because you never know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. Yeah, and it's interesting because as you're talking, I can hear a bird chirping in the background. I was like, "Oh, listen to that bird!" You know, not that I wasn't paying attention to what you were saying, but I was like, oh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, shining up." And, I, and earlier on the back porch, I had my laptop out there doing some work, and I'm like, "Is that a woodpecker looking around?" Yeah, I, I had like, a woodpecker too, just banging away. I was like, "Dude, yeah, that's cool." Like the things I'm noticing now, it's great though, you know, and just yeah. to be able to just slow down and and soak it up and and enjoy it. Well. um, this has been awesome. We're about 26 minutes in. I told you I'd keep you about 15 to 20 because I want to try and, and piece together uh, this podcast in kind of a unique way. And so uh, anything else you want to touch on before I let you go? You know, I think, you know, as educators, it's it's one of those things that I think they almost get a little bit of a, a bad rap sometimes because you only get to work for, you know, a few hours a day and then you get to have summers off. But it's like, no, I mean, literally, I mean, 
I'm looking towards the end of the year and looking on to next year. It's like I got to do more work in order to make sure that number one, are this my future students going to be served? Is this going to boil over into next year? You know, what content do I need to have? I'm already thinking ahead. You know, I'm already trying to stay, you know, two or three steps ahead of this thing, you know, in my own brain. But at the same time, it's like I got to focus on what I got here in front of me. So, you know, if you've got a teacher friend, maybe, you know, your students, if you're listening to this podcast or even watching this little video, um, I would say reach out to your reach out to your students, teachers. You know, let them know how appreciated they are because I got, you know, my own students, teachers, they're sending me text messages, emails on a daily basis right now. We appreciate you so much. And that it just, it means a lot. I mean, even as a first year teacher, I'm, you know, making my own stumbles through, but I tell you, essential workers, I mean, do not discount any, by any means, the first responders, the firefighters, police officers, Walmart employees. I mean, for goodness sakes, if you happen to have to go out to Walmart or anything, tell them, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's what they want to hear. They don't want to say, "Hey, where's the toilet paper?" I don't give a crap about that. I want you to know that I appreciate what you're doing. You're sacrificing your own health to be out here making sure that we have the supplies that we need. Yeah. So, I guess my end take on this is just be a human. Be nice to people. Be appreciative of what you got around you and the people you got around you and be appreciative just of this world that we get to live in. I mean, granted it takes a pandemic for us to slow down and and realize this, but here we are. Yeah. And Deal what, with the cards. what are we going to make of it, you know? Well, I appreciate you coming on. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep up the good work. And uh, I'm happy sure. to see that you're doing well and, and doing what you really wanted to do and making a huge difference yeah. in the lives of those kids. So keep on keeping on and tell the missus I said hello. And I Definitely try will. And try and stay safe out I'll there. Say hi. And uh, enjoy the sun. Yeah, you too, man. And uh, take care of that baby and that wife of yours, because, man, I tell you, you got a hell of a blessing right there in your in your arms. Yeah, we got our hands full. And, boy, what a story to tell, huh? That's for sure. And maybe one of these days, when your kids get older and my kids are still coming around, we can get a basketball team together. Oh, yeah. We can get a couple teams together. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. And a couple pickup teams. A and B squad. Yeah, exactly. we got varsity and JV. <laughs> right, right on, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on and uh, definitely want to do this again soon. Absolutely. And sometime we'll do it when we can just talk about everything else and, uh, you know, not the pandemic, but this has been uh, yeah. enjoyable and uh, have a great afternoon. Yes, sir. I told you I'd have a solo cup in my hand this time, but, you know, I got to still kind of teach in a little bit. Yeah, there's still a lot of taskings to get done today. So I've got the hydro yep. flask with water getting hydrated <laughs> so later I can yep. unhydrate. There you go. Absolutely. That's going to be the big thing is later there is the unhydration. <laughs> right. That means I have to put in more steps so I can, ju- you know, I can keep myself balanced out. Justify it. Exactly. All right. There he is. Troy Kelly. He's a third grade teacher, May Richardson Elementary, Central Point School District, number six. You guys are doing an awesome job over there in Central Point and uh, keep it up. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. You got him at D6 strong. All right. We jump to Carolina Campbell, Phoenix High School and health I threw my notes on the floor and now I can't see them. <laughs> Wasn't that useful? I asked you the question and I write the notes down and then I just threw them on the floor. That's right how the professionals do it. That's how we do it here on uh, the Garage Talk <laughs> podcast. Uh, health, occupations. What does that mean, Carolina? Um, so instead of like the traditional health classes that everybody would think of when you say health, it's um, it's classes that are health-related, but more oriented towards um, careers that might be in healthcare someday. So um, I teach first aid CPR and like natural disaster preparation and um, and some anatomy and stuff like that. 
Okay. So let's uh, let's back up a little bit. You went to North Valley High School, and for people yeah. who aren't familiar with who you are, your husband's been on the podcast, Michael. This is not about him, though. This is all about you. <laughs> um, but you guys went to school together at North Valley, and when did you decide you wanted to be a teacher? Um, I went back and forth with it for a long time, actually. Um, I remember thinking about it in middle school and even actually before that, I remember my sister and I used to like to like play teacher together. Like we'd take turns being the teacher and the student. And it's funny cause she's a teacher now too. Um, but high school is when I really started thinking about it seriously. Like I had a careers class or something like that. And we had to research careers that we might be interested in someday. And I researched teaching specifically high school. Um, and so I don't think I could ever handle elementary. <laughs> I'm right where I belong. What was it about high school? Was it just that um, you didn't want to teach younger students or there's just something about that age group that appealed to you? The age group appeals to me. So I, first of all, I don't know that I have the um, patience to deal with the younger, a whole group of younger kids, but I just, I like being able to um, work with kids who are relatable. Like we have certain things in common, even though they're, you know, still in high school, they're nearing adulthood and you can reason with them and you can really form really strong, good relationships with them. And it's a little bit more meaningful for me. What did your path look like when you got out of high school? Did you go right to college right out of high school? Uh, yeah, started at RCC. So did community college there for a full year. And then I actually moved and lived in the dorms for one term at SOU um, with a roommate who I went to high school with. She was a grade behind me. And so it was her freshman year, my sophomore year. And Michael and I were engaged at the time. I did not like being that far away because he was still in Grants Pass. And so after a term, I was like, eh, can't do this. So I went back to RCC um, for another year and then transferred to SOU and finished up my undergrad and did my master's there as well. So when you were going through college, where did you want to end up? Did you have a goal in mind of where you wanted to teach or were you just hoping to be somewhere in Southern Oregon or did that even matter? Um, well, I knew I always wanted to stay here. I never, never even thought about leaving because my family's here. And then obviously Michael and I starting dating in high school. And so, um, it was just everything that was important to me was here, but, um, as far as where specifically in this area, I certainly didn't have any sort of preference. So how did Phoenix High School come about? Was there just a position that opened up at the right time? or Because as you kind of wrap up going to college, you have to start that search. Yeah. Um, so I actually substitute taught for two years. And because I couldn't find a full-time job, health and PE is actually kind of hard to come across. And health, like I thought I was going to teach regular health, like the health everybody thinks about. Um, couldn't find a job. Not a lot of people retire or anything like that in that job. And so I was tutored and then a temporary job came open at Ashland High School and it was almost a full year. So a teacher, a PE teacher there heard her back like really early in the school year in September. I was subbing there for a couple of days already and they said, hey, would you like to do a full-time like temporary job? I said, sure. But obviously that ended at the end of the year because she was coming back. So I just put my feelers back out there and I interviewed at Phoenix and got the job. And there was actually two positions open at the same time. And they said, we'd really like you to take on the health occupations portion of it. And because um, we want to start a new program. So there it was. And here I am. So what was it like going into a school where they're starting a new program? What did that look like for you? 
Um, well, it was, it was a lot of unknown and it, I actually kind of had to finish out, like phase out another program, the child development program. Um, and that was kind of nothing I ever anticipated having to do and kind of definitely unknown. And so phasing that out felt good to get that behind me and then move into something I was, um, a little more familiar with. And it was so weird because I had all these classes that they're like, Hey, we'd kind of like to explore ideas in here, but we need you to figure it out. And I'm like, okay, well let's, I'm up for the challenge. So I actually met with a teacher at Grants Pass High School who taught a lot of the same classes and that's where they pulled their ideas from. And seeing her, I kind of shadowed her, sat with her during the summer and like watched what she did, got a little bit of her ideas. And then I just took it and ran with it and just kind of had to build it from the ground up a couple new classes. And um, each we've added, um, another class since then. And I just, I don't know, it's, I like, I'm up for the challenge. I like doing stuff like that. Like if I had to come in with a curriculum that was already there for me, I'd kind of be a little bit bored with it and, um, having to create it myself. Obviously there's a lot more passion behind it too, because it's something that I made. Is that something that continues to evolve? Do you get to add tweaks to it as the, the years pass? Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have full control over it. Um, and then I can do modifications. I can keep it the same. I can do whatever I want with it because it's kind of my baby. I created it. I'm the only one on campus that teaches it. So, um, I don't even have to like stay on the same page as anybody else as far as those classes go. So I can, I can adapt and change and do whatever I want with it. It sounds like a cool opportunity to be able to come in and kind of develop it yourself. It's super cool. I, it was really nerve wracking at first. Cause I'm like, what do I know about this? I went to school to be health and PE. And so, you know, like teaching drugs and alcohol and all that kind of stuff. That's more traditional nutrition and stuff. And then, um, having to kind of prepare people for careers and do things that I'd never really done before was scary. But, um, now I wouldn't change it for anything. Cause it's so much more exciting for me. How many years have you been at Phoenix? Uh, this is my sixth already. Wow. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. So did you ever see yourself being there that long when you took the job there? Is it something where you, like you went there and thought, okay, this is a place I could see myself at for a long time, or I'm going to go here for a while, see how it goes. And then maybe, maybe we go back to Grants Pass to North Valley to, to at, back to Ashland or wherever. Yeah. Um, well, funny, because I actually applied for a job at North Valley when one opened. And small world, the person who I now work with, one of my coworkers, he actually got that job um, instead of me, and which I'm really grateful for, because my path went the way it was exactly supposed to. But he ended up leaving North Valley, too. And now we work together. Um, but uh, Ashland, when I was there, I was thinking, oh, I'd I'd love to stay here. I was really comfortable in that environment. I had made a lot of good friends with my colleagues and stuff. I was, um, to be a hundred percent honest and like, even my admin knows this. I, um, I was nervous applying to Phoenix. I know having gone to North Valley, you know, we were in the same conference when we played sports and everything. And I just remember a lot of negative stories directed towards Phoenix, like the types of students or whatever. There was just a lot of, um, a lot of negativity. So I was a little afraid of it. And I was thinking, okay, well, it's a job. I'm going to, I'm going to see what I can do. Holy smokes. Like the administration that was there when I got there has turned it around 
like a total 180. It's it's an amazing school. Like we top the the valley for graduation rates. We have phenomenal um, like college credit classes and AP classes, and we hold our own against any other school in the valley. And that's thanks to that administration. So I would never imagine, like I am there until I retire. That's my plan right now. But it, it was, I totally didn't think that I would ever want to stay there, but it's been amazing. What a great opportunity to have yeah. an administration like that, that you feel really good about and a, a place that, you know, obviously the students mean a lot to you also yeah. to go along with yeah. the administration. Cause I know I've heard you talk about the students and how passionate you are about those students before. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's the thing is I feel like um, Phoenix high school still gets a little bit of a negative um, reputation. I, I hear it from people because they don't know. They don't, they just hear stories or something. And um, usually they're correlated to old rumors or old stories or something from way, way long ago. And people, I wish that they only knew because this is a phenomenal, phenomenal school that I work at. Talk a little bit about some of the things that you've been able to do. I know that you've done the the program with the dresses around prom season and, mm-hmm. uh, not sure exactly what's happening this year because uh, obviously, <laughs> you know, all of the stuff that's yeah. happened and, and those not happening. But for people that don't know, talk a little bit about what you've done with, with that program. Um, so I, a couple of years ago, I three, I think this would have been the third year we've done it. Started a, a basically prom dress closet on campus where it started with just a few donations. We put it in a room that like leadership used and all that. And it just started out as having an opportunity for our students on campus to borrow a dress for prom if they couldn't afford to buy a dress because they're ridiculously expensive. Um, And then it kind of blossomed into opening it up for the whole Valley. We got a ton of donations. Like the, that little room in our high school is just like bursting at the seams with dresses, which is amazing. Um, but I started hosting it in the small gym at our school and people from anywhere in the Valley were invited to come and get a dress free of charge. Um, they could, they didn't even have to return it. I encouraged so we can use them year after year, but the girl could take the dress and that was it. She had a dress for prom, didn't have to pay a dime for it. So it's something that was started actually because of my relationship with my now husband. So he and I, started dating in high school. And before we started dating junior year, I thought he was going to ask me to prom and he never did. And I found out later once we had started dating senior year, that it was because he couldn't afford to rent a tux or to take me to prom. So it kind of gave me the inspiration to uh, start a closet that would help other people. So it's been definitely a passion project for me. And it, we were supposed to do a even bigger, better version this year, but obviously got cut short. So that was a bummer. It's like, even though I know the story, it's still like, I can feel my eyes like welling up hearing you say it, talking about him and knowing that like, obviously you guys have had incredible success and, and we're really good friends. So, you know, we, yeah. we know a lot about each other, but um, still hearing it is like, it's so awesome what, what you've done with it. And um, it's just cool to see things like that develop. And, and I think we're really starting to see a lot of things like that starting to happen right now too with the situation that we're dealing with. And, um, uh, 
Sorry, I was just like my mind's like racing with all these thoughts now of like what's happening right now and the whole prom yeah. thing and like I wasn't really yeah. I wasn't even thinking about the dress thing going into this um but it, it definitely has a direct tie in with oh, the yeah, time of absolutely. year that it is and um yep. what's not happening and so you know I know it's a, yeah. a tough spot for a lot of people to be in and I'm sure for you organizing mm-hmm. that and and being uh, or playing a huge role in that that it's kind of a challenging time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's devastating, honestly. Like I, my side of it, doing lending out the dresses and all that. You know, that's that's sad for me that we didn't get to do our event. But it's what's what hurts is all these kids, the seniors especially, because the juniors will have another opportunity next year. But the seniors, you know, this was this was their prom, and they're missing out on it. And you know, it's something they thought about for you know, ever probably. And so just knowing that they're missing that opportunity is, is devastating. It, it, it affects me in a way I didn't expect. Um, just thinking everything that these seniors are missing out on. I, in high school was a very involved, spirited, um, student. So prom, graduation, senior skip day, grad night, all that stuff was hugely important to me. And I know there's kids out there that it's like, oh yeah, take it or leave it. But for the majority of them, if passage kind of stuff and to know that they're missing out on it, it's just, it's sad. It's I've, I've shed a few tears over it for sure. And also, you know, they, there's some that may not think it's that big of a deal right now or or they mm-hmm. didn't even before this stuff started and they thought well I'm going to finish out my senior year and I'm like I'm going to go on my merry way and for me you know I was really involved too and and into all the stuff at school and and participated in all the things but for us it was and we had a smaller school you know going to Glendale but mm-hmm. for our class it was the senior trip and there may have only been 35 or 40 of us cuz that's all there was in our class but we went to Sun River And we hung out for a couple of days and all of a sudden everything we thought about one another changed for the better. And we're sitting around and talking about how, how come we didn't do this before? How come we had these stereotypes about you or, Oh, this is what I thought about you. And, and then, then we're just talking. It's almost like you're almost adults. You're, you're kind of like on the cusp, but you're figuring out life and, and so mm-hmm. for us, it was like that that time, and that was late in the game. You know, that was almost graduation. But it was yeah. that time for me where we really got to sit around and, and and no, I don't talk to those people all the time to this day. And we have social media to be able to communicate now, and and so we kind of do. But it was that, and for me, even even if we didn't talk all the time moving forward, it was kind of like this this awesome time to be together, even though it was just a few days, and it was stuff like that that you couldn't you can't see coming. So even though there right. are students who aren't involved, I think there's there's things that would have happened that they didn't know were going to happen, and now they're right. never going to know. And that's, I mean, for us, I think that's probably why we both get emotional about it because we know we've been there before. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. And like looking back, even if it doesn't feel like it matters to them right now, looking back and you know if if graduation doesn't end up happening because we don't know, we have no idea what it looks like. The odds of it happening when it's supposed to happen are not good but maybe it gets postponed into the summer. I don't know. But if it never gets to happen, you know, even those kids that feel like they don't care now are going to look back on it someday and probably say, wow, that's kind of a bummer. I didn't get to walk across the stage, you know, mm-hmm. and these, these parents that you never, you don't raise your kids expecting to not get to walk, watch them walk across the stage. You always think that you're going to see your, 
your kids walk across the stage, graduation, you know, and maybe there's older siblings that got to do it. And here comes the last one or whatever. And it's just, it's just been ripped away from parents and everybody who loves those kids too, not just the seniors. So and it's, it's so weird it's to rough. talk about because as you're saying that I'm thinking, you know, ripped away from, they're not going to be able mm-hmm. to. And I, all of a yeah. sudden I, I have these memories flooding back, coming back to me about high school and, and walking up there and, and getting my diploma and thinking, man, okay. You know, 20 years down the road, there's going to be a situation where, there's kids that don't get to do that. Like that's impossible. Why, how would that even happen? You know, if you were to go back even a couple months ago, you'd think, well, there's no way they wouldn't have a graduation. What could possibly keep us from having a graduation? And Mm -hmm. here we are talking about not having a graduation remotely because you and I can't be in the same room together because of the situation. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's just so mind boggling. I know so many people are struggling in different ways. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just so odd. Yeah. And it happens suddenly. I think that's what's weird about this too. It, you know, I was actually having this conversation with a couple people about how just by nature of what I teach in class uh, at the, when we started a new semester, that was the very end of January. And I always start my emergency care safety. So like how to protect yourself against disease and stuff. And so we were talking about diseases that a person might contract and somebody threw out coronavirus. And I'm not going to lie at that point, I hadn't even heard of it. Like I was not, maybe I'd, I'd heard the term, but I did not understand um, what it was or whatever. So we didn't go any further in the conversation. And then a matter of weeks later, here it is, you know, that everybody's like, put hand sanitizer in your room, do this, do that. And, um, and then Friday the 13th, we, thought it was just another day of school basically until all of a sudden we're learning we're not going to come back till April 1st. And so we just thought we had an extended spring break. So when everybody left campus, we're like, bye, have a good break. You know, everybody's still happy and upbeat and everybody's thinking they're going to get two weeks of spring break or whatever. And then um, a couple days later, we find out it's going to be the 28th. And I actually, I, I did not handle that well. I cried. I was just feeling really bad for our students. Um, I was already missing them, even though it was only a few days into spring break. And then here we are not going back at all. And it's just the, the speed at which this has all happened is just, it's crazy. I can't, I can't believe where we are right now with not even going back to school this year. When I left my students thinking, okay, I'll see you guys in a couple weeks and business as usual. And I, had I known everything about that day would have been different. Everything. Well, and I don't want to spoil or alert because I'm, I'm sandwiching you between Troy, who uh, oh, is a third okay. day teacher at May Richardson in Central Point, And then Jake Musser, who's the principal at Allendale and Grants Pass, the elementary school where my girls go to school. And um, when I talked to Jake earlier today, um, we're recording this on a Friday, by the way, and this is Friday afternoon uh, for those of you listening, uh, and people are going to listen to this forever. Uh, hopefully it will live on in the yeah. internet. But when I talked to Jake, he's, he said to me, he's like, when I, you know, those kids, I won't say everything, but I mean, even it, it makes me emotional. It's like, he's like, I didn't yep. think it was goodbye, you know? Yep. It's crazy. Yep. But, um, that's, it's horrible. Yeah. So, Jason's running yeah. on lack of sleep, <laughs> and he's emotional. It's okay. He's it's nice to be the one. Anyway. 
Yeah, no, I know. It's Ugh. nice to be the one that's not crying. I kind of expect that before this is over, I will, but I've shed a lot of tears these last couple of days. But yeah, it's knowing, God, I'm so connected with so many of those students. And I think of them as, even though they're 14, 15, 16, whatever, 18 years old, I think of them as my children. And so to not see them for all this time, and especially my seniors, see, here's where I'm going to get to. Like, that's the thing. Like on the 13th, had I known that I wouldn't see my seniors again, everything would have been different. Like I forget about class, forget about curriculum. Like it would have been about being people and spending time together. And if graduation does not happen, then I don't know if I see those kids again. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Well, and you know, there's a, there may be an opportunity and, and maybe not to see them all. But I think this no. is where all the rules go out the window, you know? And, oh, yeah. And you talked about, like, oh, if it was the last day of school, we would have just said forget class, right? It's kind of like with yeah. everything else we're doing now, no rules, right? Like, I know. It's, it's noon, true. crack one open. <laughs> There's no yep. rules. We're at home. I know. But, um, I you know. know, so I, I just think, you know, and I, I talked to Troy about this and I talked to Jake about it, um, you know? I know there's people in the community like Jess at Sights and Sounds, and I hope I'm not throwing Jess under the bus, but he posted about it on Facebook about somehow mm-hmm. doing something for these seniors. And maybe it's not school sanctioned. Maybe it's all together, a big party, a prom, whatever that looks like. Like, hopefully there's some kind of opportunity. And as community members, maybe we can play a part in that and making yeah. sure that something happens. If it's not graduation, maybe it's a prom. If it's not prom, maybe it's a, you know, whatever that is, hoping you know, assuming that we can get back together at some yeah. point, because I think we're going to, I think, you know, oh, yeah. e- even if this thing lasts longer than we hope at some point, we're going to get back together. I just think yeah. as people, we're just going to decide that, well, you know, whatever, if the risk is lower or higher or somewhere in the middle, my, my gut is that we're, we're, we're going to be people. And no matter what, you know, I, I know that, uh, Dr. Fauci or however you say it has a lot of knowledge and good things to say, but you know, to think that you're never going to shake someone's hand again. Like I'd rather shake someone's hand and die than not. And right. that may sound extreme, but like, I think there's going to be a time where we can get back to that. And I think some of us are willing to, I don't want to put anyone's life in danger, but I just, I think we're going to be able to yeah. get back to being people. I don't think this is something that's, I know a lot of things are changing, but I don't think it's going to change that, that, that extreme. No, I don't either. There Normal will exist again, but it's just, yeah, when and how long will we, will it take to get there? But it's hard in the meantime. But it's also forced us to connect in other ways, which is kind of cool. And um, maybe even I've deeper. I've talked to some other people that I don't talk to that often because I'm so busy all the time and I don't have time to connect with those people. So in a way, you know, obviously there's some some silver lining in all this and we are still connecting as humans, but it's just that physical connection that I think we're all really missing, seeing people face to face. It's crazy to think about, you know, and it's something I think we all probably took for granted, being able to hug someone. Just mm-hmm. it's that simple. And um man, it sucks. It really does because I've been like you know, arms length from someone and, or a couple arms, not arms length. That'd be too close. That's not, that's not six <laughs> feet. Um, uh, I mean, the only person I've been that close to is my mom when she handed me a mask in a plastic bag right. dripping of Lysol, you know, and it was, I was, I'm running into the hospital, but you know, like my grandma the other day looking through, you and I are on a video right now so we can see each other and everyone else is listening, but right. like she's standing outside the window and I'm outside, you know, 20 feet away, 15 feet away. 
as she's looking in the window at the baby and I'm mm-hmm. thinking, man, I just, I can't even like, we don't know. So I can't go give her a hug and like just something that yep. simple. Like, I think that's yep. one of the things that I don't think, I know I won't take it for granted and it's just, it's crazy to think about. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And like, especially being home with a three-year-old who, I mean, obviously you got a house full of kids, you understand, but yeah, just being home with this one three-year-old is some days are just enough to, I don't know, make me crazy. And so not even being able to like send her to her Grammy's house is, and Grammy misses her and she misses Grammy. And it's just, it's crazy. Cause it literally has just been the three of us in this house for weeks and weeks without any interaction with anybody else. And yeah, and there's and no siblings hard. to you know, entertain <laughs> each other. And then on top of that, and this is one of the things I really wanted to ask you about, because you're trying to figure out how to, like, what's the situation for Phoenix? Because I know what they're doing in Central Point. I know what they're doing in Grants Pass. As far as teaching goes, are they doing the online thing in Phoenix? Yes. So um, the quick rundown of our version um, at least for what I, this high school, I don't, I can't speak for the other grades, but, um, we're kind of actually operating on quote unquote, a bell schedule. So on uh, Monday through Thursday, we actually have on Monday, and Wednesdays, uh, or uh, excuse me, our even numbers and then block periods. So two, four, six in our advisory class, and then one, three, five, seven on Tuesdays and Thursdays and they're 45 minute chunks of time with a lunch that's built in for the teachers. So they're not on the computer the whole time. Um, and the reason they decided to do that as opposed to just like communicate with your kids whenever you can is really just to help create some sort of organization and all the chaos so that teachers aren't trying to do Google hangouts with the class when another teacher is. And so it really, it's like, okay, well, if you have, um, fourth period emergency care and prevention with Ms. Campbell, then this is the time that you can expect to be on a Google Hangout and it's not going to overlap with any of their other classes. Um, so it's just to kind of keep it organized, but it doesn't, teachers are not expected to be doing Google Hangouts or live lessons or anything like that all the time. It's more just to be available to those students. And um, on Fridays is our opportunity to work with our departments on curriculum or planning or grading or whatever we need to do. Interesting way to do it. And next week is our first real week of finding out because we're kind of wrapping up our third quarter right now. So when we hit the ground Monday, that's our our first, here we go. We're trying out this new new variety of educating. Yeah. And you're trying to educate. Meanwhile, you have a three-year-old and oh, I guess yeah. the good news is that the three-year-old doesn't have to go to school, so it's not like you're trying yeah. to to teach your own child while you're trying to teach others. Because I know there's some teachers out there who are trying to do that. They maybe yeah. their kids aren't in their let's say class, or they don't go to their school, and so they're mm-hmm. trying to get them to do their schoolwork over here. Meanwhile, they're trying to teach their class and their students, and yeah. so. There's just a lot of challenges out there. And for these parents, too, who are trying to figure it out, I think a lot of parents now are going, oh, okay, well, I'm going to be a teacher. So all those things I said about teachers, I know. maybe I will reconsider. You know, it, I, I'm not going to lie. It's nice getting a little bit more appreciation from the general public. They're kind of getting a little bit more of a glimpse into our daily life. Well, and I think it's awesome to see what some of these teachers have done. Uh, 
you know, again, spoiler alert, when I talked to Jake, we were talking about spring break and how, you know, there's teachers that spent their spring break getting ready for after spring break. And yep. it being the longest spring break they can remember, not because they were out fishing all spring break or, you know, over at the beach mm-hmm. house, they were getting ready for a whole new normal that they didn't even know was yep. coming. And I think that's probably the case for most teachers. I, It was hard to have a spring break. It didn't feel like spring break. It, You know, we all were wondering what's next, the unknown. You know, we found out that first week that we weren't coming back to the 28th. So that instantly changed everything. And I think it was hard to enjoy and relax and let down. And then so it doesn't, I think most people would agree with me if they work in education that it doesn't feel like we got a spring break this year even though it was longer than usual, because we were all at home. We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. We couldn't just relax. Everything was about what's happening when spring break is over. How are we going to do this? How are we possibly going to be online teachers? Yeah. And really for everyone, it was a similar situation, whether they were teachers or not, yeah. because a lot of people do things on spring break. Um, you mm-hmm. know, We've done things on spring break together before. And so yep. to just have that time where you're just looking at, you're going through spring break knowing that you're probably going to have, or you know there's next week as well, and you don't know what that means. And then all of mm-hmm. a sudden everything just started happening, you know, yep. with shutdowns and businesses closing and all of that. And it just got wild in a hurry. And and yep. here we still are, and it's the new normal for now, and just kind of feeling our way through it. But yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how you know the next couple of months go as as everyone tries to get to the end of the school year, mm-hmm. and then see where we're at, or at least the next few. I mean, it seems like it's just like a day at a time. Like I keep saying that if we can just get through yep. today, we'll see what tomorrow holds. Is trying to do the best job we can because if you start looking to you know, months from now, especially when it comes to financial things, then it's just just super stressful and can't really do much about that anyway. So, yeah, no, but. that's it's a good outlook. We can only do what we can do right now, and trying to worry about what's unknown and what's in the future is, isn't going to do anybody any good right now. Yeah, which is kind of a, a silver lining, I think, because I know for me that that's one of those things I do. I'm always looking down the road, going, "What about this? What about this?" And now mm-hmm. it's like, well. This is what we have, so I guess we'll just yep. try and make the best of it. Um, yep. Any other thoughts before I let you go? Oh, I don't think so. I just, this is, it was nice to be able to share my thoughts and feelings about this whole thing because it is kind of a unique position to be in right now. Yeah, it just popped in my head yesterday and I, I was just, well, first of all, it's been a busy week and I, I try and get a podcast done once a week and I was just sitting there thinking, you know, what could I, what can I do? You know, what's, what's, what's happening right now? Like what are the the challenges right now? And there's a lot of them. And instantly I'm like, Oh, teachers. And then I'm like, wait, I know a, a handful and maybe mm-hmm. I could just start reaching out. And it actually came together very nicely and I wanted a, a variety. So we had Troy, the elementary school teacher and you teaching at Phoenix high school and Jake, the principal at Allendale. So it's, yeah, it's been really it's cool mix. how it all came together. And it's interesting to hear, hear you guys talk because, and lady, I don't, you know, all I of get you talk on it. Yep. All you boys. No, not what I meant. But, um, <laughs> yeah, because there's so many things that are similar, but also your own take on it. And I think, you know, hearing like the passion, that you guys have for your students, why you do it. It just, 
it's very refreshing. It's encouraging. And, and you guys are all doing a great job. And I know a lot of people are starting to take notice who didn't notice before. And, you know, I know we all appreciate what you guys are doing. So keep oh, up the good you. work, even though I know you want to go crazy sometimes. <laughs> it's all right. We're going to get through it. Cool. Well, thanks for jumping on here with me. And uh, yeah. this is very fun. I appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of your Absolutely. evening. And I will hopefully see you in person, at least through a window. <laughs> Very soon. Very, very soon. All right. Yep. Sounds good. Thank you. Carolina Campbell, Phoenix High School. Welcome in Jake Musser to Garage Talk with Jason Allen and kind of a different podcast talking to a couple of different teachers. Wanted to get an administrator on here. Actually had you on my list a while ago and it's crazy how this situation has kind of uh, pushed some people up my guest list because uh, it's an interesting time out there. I know that... uh, you know, it's been really tough for the schools. You're the principal at Allendale Elementary here in Grants Pass, where three of my girls go to school, and uh, you're going through the challenges like everyone, which I want to get to some of that a little bit later on. But introduce sure. yourself to people, and uh, where, where did you kind of grow up, and, and, and what's your background? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, I appreciate you having me, Jason. Um, so yeah, uh, my name is Jake Musser, principal at Allendale. This is my ninth year as a principal at Allendale Elementary School. Um, grew up in Klamath Falls, Oregon. Uh, my father was a school administrator. Uh, he was actually my principal at Sacred Heart Elementary in Medford, and uh, and then moved up the ranks uh, as he kind of kind of worked through the, you know, through the system and. Um, I uh, have uh, five, four siblings. Three of uh, my siblings are all educators within Grants Pass as well. They're all teachers in Grants Pass School District. Um, we all kind of ended up here. We, we were transplants from from over over the hill in Klamath Falls, and uh, now in Grants Pass. Love the community, love the city, and uh, and and love Grants Pass School District Number Seven. So um, yeah, I've been teaching uh, teaching and within in administration for the last nineteen years. So this is my nineteenth year in education. So is that something you learned early on is that you wanted to get into teaching just because you're around it so much? Yeah, we, we spent uh, every day after school um, in a classroom. Uh, my oldest sister, Susan, would, uh, would, would run the classroom when we'd be the students and we'd go home and we played school. So um, we just kind of all knew that we would end up uh, doing some type of education with, uh, with kids. So I had the opportunity to do the AmeriCorps when I was right out of college and just to make sure it's what I wanted to do and uh, just solidified uh, the fact that I wanted to be an educator working with kids. So I had an opportunity to coach football at the high school level and, and work with kids in the elementary level. So It's interesting to hear the different paths that or paths that, that people have followed. I was talking to Troy Kelly. He's a third grade teacher over at May Richardson and part of this podcast. Mm-hmm. And he, was, he worked with me actually at the radio station. And okay. uh, ended up getting let go, and then he ended up broker and freight for a while, and then he ended up getting into teaching in his thirties and really finding his passion. And he said he always he always felt like he wanted to be a teacher, but it was one of those things that was just kind of out there, and he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't chase it early on, and then finally life just kind of dictated to him, you know, where his path was or wasn't going to go, and then he just decided to go for it. Went through school, you know, in his thirties, and then ended up being a teacher, and is absolutely loving it. So it's just interesting to hear the different paths that people follow. Yeah. And definitely in my genetic code, you know, uh, we, like I said, we've been doing it since we were little kids, uh, you know, went through the stage in, in college where wanted to do something different, but I always kind of got led back to working with kids. So, um, so inevitably this is where I'm at. As you got into teaching, did you want to get into administration or did that kind of just happen over time? 
Uh, kind of happened over time. Had a great mentor. Uh, Ryan Thompson's a principal at Grants Pass High School now. He was my principal at Allendale when I was teaching uh, and really pushed me um, to, you know, to look into administration. Um, at the time, I was loving coaching football at the high school and also teaching elementary school. So wanted to do that for a while. I got an opportunity to do that for about six years. Um, but eventually, yeah, I, um, you know, went down the route of, of administration. And, and, you know, obviously it's more schooling involved and things like that. But knew I wanted to. Um, you know, for me, it's, you know, I want to make the biggest difference I can for the kids. And I know the higher up the ranks you make it, um, the bigger of a difference you can make for students. So, um, so that's why, you know, I went, went into the administ- into administration. So as you got started and you said nine years ago at Allendale as the principal, mm-hmm. yeah. what was that like for you when that first year being the principal, were you, uh, did you feel like you were in over your head or were things just coming at you a hundred miles an hour or what was that like? pretty unique situation because I actually taught here for six years before I became the principal. So a lot of the, a lot of the teachers that are, that were, uh, that are still teaching, uh, I actually taught with and, uh, they, it was amazing. They welcomed me with open arms. Um, it was like coming home basically. Um, and they supported me so much that really, I mean, there are a million different things coming at you at once, but, um, through having an amazing staff and an amazing community at Allendale, um, it really, you know, it, it just kind of worked, everything worked out and, and seemed to, uh, to run pretty smoothly. But yeah, I mean, definitely some bumps along the road and, and, you know, just figuring it out and lo- looks a lot different than, than being a teacher. So, um, but, uh, like I said, uh, you know, having an amazing staff and an amazing community around me, um, having that support has been huge. Well, and there's definitely a good vibe there, and I'm biased for sure because that's where my kids go to school, and we're there a lot, and I'm not there as much as my wife is because, as you know, I feel like she's there all the time, but which is a good thing. But, um, yeah. you know, there's just a sense of community, and there's just a good vibe there, and, and that isn't – you can't say that everywhere else. Yeah, Mm-hmm. Culture is is huge, and uh, we want to create a culture where we are. It's like a second family here. We want um, not only our staff to feel that, we want our parents and, and kids to feel that way as well. So um, it's something I preach and I and I and I talk about all the time to our, our staff and uh, and also and also to the parents and the families of Allendale. So what has it been like for you? I want to go back a few weeks here as we kind of saw the situation developing with the coronavirus and COVID nineteen. As you saw it coming, what did you think was going to happen? So, you know, we've had other um, flus and and epidemics occur um, within the system. The most recent one I can think of is H1N1. And I kind of was, I had that mindset that, oh, this is just another H1N1. We're just going down that road again. We're just going to have to make sure kids are washing their hands. We're keeping the school really clean, those kind of things. But um, as I started watching the news and started, um, obviously, um, you know, Governor Brown started coming out with uh, with uh, direction for the state. Um, it, you know, my kind of almost slipped into a little bit of a, a shocker, uh, um, uh, just a kind of in a in a cloud almost because I couldn't couldn't even wrap my brain around what this would look like. Um, but as we moved through, um, you know, following direction from the state and from ODE, 
Uh, our, our District 7 has done an amazing job of kind of getting on top of things and making sure that we have things in place uh, for our families and for our kids, um, looking at the, the distance learning. So um, so definitely at first it was it, it was a lot of shock and it was like this is, you know, this is going to roll over in a couple weeks and where kids are going to be back and everything's going to be just great. But, um, you know, as, as numbers started climbing and, and uh, you know, it started becoming a more real situation, um, I kind of shifted gears and realized, yeah, we need to uh, start looking at how we're going to push this out to our, our parents and our families. Well, and it was weird timing too, because spring break. So it kind of felt mm-hmm. like, at least to me, it was, okay, well, here's spring break and everyone's mm-hmm. home for spring break, but yeah. it was all developing during spring break. So I know that there was a lot of different teachers and administrators working behind the scenes during spring break. Yes, absolutely. This was happening to figure out where they're going to go because you could see kind of the writing on the wall at that point of like, this is not, this is not good and we're mm-hmm. not going to be coming back next week. So a lot of different teachers spent their spring break, I know, working on the plan for the future. Yeah, busiest spring break I've had since I've been an educator for sure. Um, yeah, it was uh, just trying to put everything into motion and, and make sure that we're ready to roll that that Monday after spring break. Um, probably the toughest part for me was we really didn't get to say goodbye to the kids. Um, the day that it was announced uh, that school would be closed until the end of April, um, students were not in school because uh Teachers were getting ready for with report cards for parent-teacher conferences. So, uh, you know, kind of heartbroken over that, that we didn't really get a chance to say goodbye to any of the students at that time. Well, and I know having a fifth grader, uh, that it's a difficult time for them, just like it is for the seniors, right? Because mm-hmm. those fifth graders yeah. you've had, you've been there the entire time, being there mm-hmm. for nine years. So you got yeah. to see them as kindergartners. And probably knew of some of those kids before they were in kindergarten. Yes, and they've made as babies. All, all <laughs> the way through and get to yeah. the end and they get to usually go on the jet boat trip. And I know that for my mm-hmm. five, uh, fifth grader, you know, that she's just heartbroken, you know, and it's hard. Yeah. And uh, you have a whole yeah. school of kids and a whole class that, that they're just done. And, and at some point they're going to have to come back and get their stuff trying to figure mm-hmm. out what that looks like. And then it's, yeah. just, it's just over. There's no closure. And I think that's, you know, I'm assuming that's probably one of the hardest parts. Absolutely. Any of those transition years, fifth, eighth, uh, seniors, uh, you know, my heart goes out to all the kids, but especially those kids that are, are transitioning to a new school next year. You know, we've been working and having a lot of these uh, online meetings with uh, district office personnel, other administrators, teachers to figure out how we can create that closure for the kids. So whether that looks like something in August or at the end of June, um, we want to make sure that we're providing that for the kids and still recognizing, um, you know, their achievements. Achievements, uh, making it through elementary school and moving on to middle school. So uh, there'll be a plan in place. We'll put something together for for kids and for families, especially those kids that are transitioning uh, to middle school next year, our fifth graders. Um, and like you said, I've known some of these. I've known all, mostly all these kids since they were kindergartners. A lot of them since they were babies. And uh, and yeah, tough pill to swallow for sure. But um, we're definitely going to do something for them on our end to make sure that we recognize them and and we can create some closure for them as well. Yeah, I think that's one of the the bright spots that I found in this whole situation is that the community and, and not just the educators, but different parts of the community, different people are trying to figure out what they can do. You know, whether it's the seniors, whether it's the fifth graders that once we get through this and hopefully sooner than later, but w- what can we do? Like, is there something we can mm-hmm. do where we all kind of pool our resources and come together to make some of those experiences happen, whether it is a the prom for the senior class or, or something like, you know, we're, 
we're talking today. It's Friday. They're going to do the thing at the high school tonight with the lights on and mm-hmm. a lot of high schools across the country. Just whatever those things are to do the best job we can with the tools that we have. Because that's all mm-hmm. we can really do is just try, try yep. and find those things to make them feel better. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's been, yeah, community has been ma- amazing. Our parents have been amazing. Um, I, you know, I haven't heard one negative thing about this the entire time we've been doing this. It's been nothing but positive. And like you said, um, community members, parents, staff, everybody's asking, how can we help? What can we do for the kids? And, uh, you know, it's, you, you know, like you said, this, the silver lining um, is this is one great thing that's kind of come out of this is that everybody's pulling together and, and doing what they can for our, for our students, which is, um, you know, makes me happy, makes me realize just uh, why I'm in this school district, why I'm working in Grants Pass, because um, everybody's coming together to work um, for the greater good for our students. How's your staff holding up through all this? They're doing great right now. It's a lot of uh, troubleshooting, a lot of figuring out. You know, we're a brick-and-mortar institution. You know, we're, we're all about socializing with kids, seeing them face-to-face. So definitely a mind shift, definitely a lot of change. Um, but uh, my staff has done an amazing job, and they've taken so much pressure off of me uh, by going out and reaching out to their kids individually, uh, sending them postcards, giving them phone calls, meeting with them on Google Meets or Zoom or one of the other, um, you know, one of the other uh, avenues of doing that um and they're figuring it out and and like you had said you know there's some troubleshooting along the way and some bumps in the road but uh parents are completely understanding of that and uh and they're doing their best to reach every one of our kids to make sure that they know that we're still here and we're still connecting with them and we're going to be here after this is all said and done as well well and it's a different situation for each and every one of those teachers especially those teachers that have kids because mm-hmm. that presents a whole other set of challenges when they're at home they're trying to take care of their own kids. So they're, they're teaching their students, but then they have their kids that are also trying to, you know, depending on where they go to school, it might not be the same school. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of creative offices set up in homes uh, recently when I'm doing my, my video uh, meetings. Uh, some are set up in the garage. Some are set up in the guest room. Some are set up in the bedroom. Um, yeah. They're, they're doing everything they can, can to find a workspace that they can still do their job, but yeah, still be that parent that they need to be for sure. Yeah. You know, it's just such an interesting time. I think, you know, part of me feels like that these kids, and I was telling Ashley this morning on the morning show that, that these kids that are in school, no matter what grade they're in, you know, they're kind of, I feel like getting the best of both worlds in a way where they're, they're kind of getting to experience some of those things at home. Like, oh yeah, mom cleans the house. She sweeps the floor mm-hmm. every day. Like, go grab a broom. You're on the broom today, or here's your tasking, you know, and oh, by the way, it's dinner time, and this is how this works, or it's lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of that stuff happens on the weekends, but it's just not the same when you're no. at home 24-7. And so they're, they're getting to experience that side of it and also kind of get some breaks too throughout the day. And then they also get to learn. So it's, you know, it's not best case scenario for a lot of people, but also they're getting just a different perspective. And I think we all are in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, my own daughter, uh, I've noticed she's a seventh grader this year at South Middle School, and uh, she has stepped up tremendously with helping helping out around the household. Um, you know, part of it is out of boredom. She doesn't have her buddies to hang out with all day long, but, um, you know, she helped me wash both my cars yesterday. She's, uh, you know, she's making lunch for me when I come home during lunch to, uh, during the week. Uh, so she's she's stepping up and 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 uh, and growing up quick, um, but still, um, you know, having making sure she's having fun and getting outside and doing her, doing all those other things. So, 
So what is a day like for you right now? So typically I go, I, I still get here early in the morning. I'm an early morning guy. Um, usually I answer emails from the evening before. Um, I think I was telling you that I'm, I'm typically getting 200 to 250 emails a day um, from parents, staff members, district office personnel, community members. Uh, so I try to try to respond to all those emails. Um that I have my my uh, KPAW, um, uh, my live feed uh, that I send out to the kids and the families every morning. I start that at 8 o'clock. The reason I start at 8 o'clock every morning is because I want kids to get in the mindset and get in the habit of waking up first thing in the morning just like they were doing when they were coming to school. First thing they do is they watch KPAW and then they get their day started. So it's important that I do start at 8 every morning for the kids, trying to make it a little bit more interactive for the students to, to entice them uh, to watch it every morning and and, uh, and then, you know, from there, uh, head back to my office, uh, continue to uh, answer emails, respond to emails. I usually send some cards out to some students. I'm trying to send seven to ten cards out a day to kids and with the hopes that I can cover all students uh, through, through Allendale by the end of the year. Um, and then we, we start hopping on to video meetings, uh, whether it be with grade levels, whether it be with staff, whether it be with district office personnel, uh, students, a uh, lot of different uh, video video meetings with in uh, in conferences with uh, all sorts of types of people, and usually that that keeps me busy till the end of the school day. We also, you know, we did our Chromebook checkout uh, last week, where we 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 sent out about 350 Chromebooks to families. So I took a couple days organizing work that's going home, making sure that that's uh, that's ready to go for Mondays. So just uh, and then you know being outside during lunch pickup, so I can say hi to the kids and say hi to the families. It's important that I'm uh, you know still visible and that I can still see the kids. It's it's not only important for them to see me, but it's important for me to see them as well kind of keeps me going for me to be able to see the kids every day yeah i was going to ask you what do you think that'll feel like when everyone gets to come back to school you know what i was just thinking about this last night it's going to be five months before we see students again in school um and to me it's just like i can't wrap my brain around it i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about them coming back um it's going to be emotional and it's going to be uh it's it's going to be amazing it's going to be a great feeling but at the same time i think there's going to be a lot of emotion in it from both the students and the staff um but we're ready for them to come back and uh ready to see them and and it's why i do this job you know i i, I always say that i I stay an elementary principal forever because i love seeing the kids every single day it's you know it's what makes my heart happy and makes me keep on going so um definitely has been tough not seeing them every day um but uh, like I said, I still try to pop out during lunch and, and, and make sure that I'm, I'm there to, to see their smiling faces and, and give them a thumbs up and let them know that they're going to be all right. What do you say to those people out there? Because you seem to have a really good positive attitude just on the regular anyway, and especially through a tough situation like this. But the people listening and, and, and just you know, kind of soaking this all in and, and trying to wrap their mind around what you guys are doing, like, what, do you, what do you say to those people out there who are struggling and having a hard time? You know, especially with our families, um, you know, if there's any way that we can support, help them out, um, whether it be school supplies, whether it be getting them lunch delivered to them, um, help with uh, technology, getting them Chromebook, anything like that, you know, we're here to help them. We're here to support them. They just need to reach out to us or we can reach out to them either way. But, you know, I've always had the mindset that, you know, you, you salute and you march up the hill. You just got to keep going no matter what obstacles are put in your way. Um, you need to make sure that you, you have that positive attitude. You keep an optimistic look, look at uh, outlook and, um, you know, you, uh, you always, um, 
you always look for the good in things and look for the positives. And there are some positives that are coming out of this, um, despite the fact that, you know, kids aren't returning to school, despite the fact that we can't see them every single day. Some positives will come from this. And so we just need to grab a hold of those things. And, and uh, as hard as it is, keep marching up that hill, keep going. And, and we're in this together. We're, we're all in this together. We're all experiencing the same thing at different levels. And, uh, and again, if we can be a support at all uh, within the school, please let us know. It's, um, you know, we're here for you and we're, we're here to help. Well, I, I don't think uh, anyone could say it any better than that. I appreciate you taking a few minutes. I know you have a pile of emails to get to, and uh, <laughs> it's just a different time we're living through. But I think this offers some good insight into what, you know, some of the schools are dealing with. Uh, a lot of them, you know, are, they're all basically in the same boat. So absolutely, um, it's been really cool to have you on. Not necessarily the circumstances I would have expected to have you on. Not but, at all. Um, I really appreciate you taking some time and and uh, if there's anything we can do to help out, I just appreciate what you guys are doing over there. Obviously, we moved, and our kids are still going to Allendale, so that says a lot for what you guys are doing there. And Yeah, wouldn't trade those kids for the world or Kim. <laughs> she's one of those parents that I rely on a lot. Yeah, she's a little tied up right this second, I think. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know she'll be carrying that kid around, doing whatever she can do, and... Uh, her big brother is uh, loving on her already, so he's. I'm sure Presto's all over. Yeah, yeah, you, uh, yeah. Just tell her, tell her to rest, take her time, and I uh, can't wait to see her lugging those kids around uh, in the fall for sure. It's Jake Musser. He is the principal, Allendale Elementary in Grants Pass. Jake, thanks again. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, can't wait till we can see you in person. Absolutely. Thanks, Jason. Be safe. And there they are, Troy Kelly, third grade teacher at May Richardson Elementary. We had Carolina Campbell, Health Occupations at Phoenix High School, and Principal Jake Musser from Allendale Elementary School in Grants Pass. I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, share the podcast. You can find it just about anywhere, garagetalkpodcast.com. You can find it on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and uh, all the major platforms out there. If you could give it a rating, it'd be greatly appreciated. Share it with your friends. And I look forward to talking to you again here soon. Again, a shout out to all of our teachers and administrators working hard out there. And we'll talk to you again soon right here on the podcast. <laughs>